Welcome to Taiwan Brief. I'm Donovan Smith here in Taichung, Taiwan. Thanks for joining us for this deep dive into the KMT chair race. Now, first up, I'd like to thank our new patron, Will. Thanks for the support. It really does help us a lot in continuing to create content. If you'd like to be like Will, check us out at patreon.com slash Taiwan Report. Now, this show and part four, which is already done and will come out soon, has been worked on for a while. And I've had to go back and rewrite it multiple times as things keep changing. And so you don't have to punish yourself, I watched candidate registrations and the KMT chair debate. And in this show, I'll be looking at the candidates and in part four, more general analysis on the KMT and the state of the race, including polling. Now, we finally know all the candidates for KMT party chair. The utterly forgettable Wei Boatao, former head of the Directorate General of Budget Accounting and Statistics, who had previously declared he would run, didn't show up to register. So I guess he's out. Zhang Yazhong, the president of KMT's Sun Yat-sen School and former Zhanghua County Commissioner Zhou Boyuan, did indeed register and are in the race. Now, Joel, I'm not going to talk about very much. I think his entire purpose of being in the race is to remind everyone he still exists and won't likely have much impact on the race unless something changes. And I'll update you if that happens. Chang is the remaining deep blue candidate now that former KMT presidential candidate Dan Han Guoyu has decided not to enter the race. I don't know why Han decided not to run. It was widely known he was thinking about it, and he did up his Instagram game in the last few months. But come registration time, no Dan Han the Cabbage Man. Very curious to see what his next move will be going forward. The two heavy hitters in the race are, as expected, Johnny Jiang, or Jiang Jisun, running for re-election, and another former KMT chair and presidential nominee, Eric Zhu, or Zhu Liluan. Clearly, Jiang failed to secure some kind of deal to keep Zhu from running. But Zhu did secure his deal with Shan Lian, or Lian Shengwan, who has offered Zhu his endorsement. After finishing recording part two of this series, Eric Ju declared on Facebook and held a press conference announcing his intent to run. It came with a campaign image of him in a spiffy blue suit with the slogan, roughly translated, with change there is hope. He claimed he was duty-bound to run and that he would selflessly work to promote the best candidate for president in 2024. After that post, he reiterated that stance and name-dropped some potential candidates, a list that included new Taipei Mayor Ho Yui, Han Guoyu, and Taichung Mayor Lu Xiaoyan. These strong statements came after a poll showing him not doing well stacked up against several potential opponents in 2024. In his original announcement, he seemed to be leaving the door open, and I don't think anyone seriously thinks if he thinks he has a shot at 2024, he won't jump at it. Another promise he dropped was to have the KMT surpass the DPP in opinion polls within a year. Just days after he stated that, a TVBS poll showed that was already the case, something Johnny Jung was quick to take credit for. That poll, however, seems to be an outlier. No others back it up and continue to show the DPP with a healthy lead over the KMT. 
Now, so far, everything has been pretty typical Jew. All things to all people with little of substance. In subsequent posts and comments, he has been more clearly pan-blue, naturally, since he's targeting the KMT base, and has been name-dropping Sun Yat-sen and Jiang Jingguo, and of course, saying a lot of protecting the ROC. He has also been repeatedly proclaiming that the KMT was the true blue party, and there were there are no light blues and deep blues. He also seemingly poured cold water on any tie-up with the Taiwan People's Party or making the kind of reforms that would put them in the mainstream of public opinion that the DPP currently dominates by saying that the KMT can't become little green or little white in reference to submitting to those parties' political platforms. He did, however, say he's in favor of good ties with the U.S. and plans to visit by the end of the year. In the debate on China, this was the CNA summary of his stance. Former New Taipei Mayor Eric Zhu said the KMT as an opposition party should establish a channel with China to promote social exchanges and focus less on politics. He said the KMT believes in defending the Republic of China and its love for Taiwan, and the party should not be distracted by being labeled China-leaning by the ruling Democratic Progressive Party. I, because I'm such a wild and fun guy, watched both Zhu and Jiang register their candidacies and their events afterward. Interestingly, Zhu paid his dues with a check. He then took to the stage backed by a bunch of young people. Perhaps next time you can ask one of them how wire transfers work. He spoke forcefully and made the case that the party needs to reform and attract youth. His youthful props behind him were largely ignored, and as his speech wore on, increasingly they started to look more like hostages than supporters, though most likely they were just tired of standing still for so long. Jew worked to project a classic KMT leader image, and in spite of making his main pitch about change, didn't actually propose much new. In fact, he's been calling for three things he'd change, which ironically the KMT under Jiang had been doing in similar form, including doing more polling and online outreach. Zhu wants to have in-house pollsters so they can remain in touch with public opinion. Jiang has been using outside pollsters, which actually makes the results somewhat more credible. Zhu has also been taking pot shots at Jiang, saying the KMT needs effective leadership and generally suggesting Jiang has led the party into crisis. He also set himself the goal of on day one to set up a committee to plan for the 2022 local elections in over to win over half of the big six metropolises and specifically win back Taipei and Taoyuan. Overall, Zhu doesn't come across as having any real plan to actually reform the party to the degree necessary to make it electable with the broad public. He's sticking with all the unpopular bits, including the 1992 consensus. Of course, at this point, which I'll be repeating more than once in this show and the next one, considering that one KMT internal poll showed over 80% of KMT's members support the 92 consensus, he's not going to rock the boat too openly by offending the very KMT members he needs to win this race. That being said, there are no indications currently or from his past tenure that I can see that suggest he's going to be much more than a moderate reformer at best. 
though he could surprise everyone. You never know. If I had to summarize his stance from what little meat there is to it, it's an ever so slightly milder version of Mainjo. If that is the case, the KMT will continue its long, slow slide into oblivion, just slower than if, say, Hangwoyu had run and won and taken the party deeper into the deep blue end. Now, speaking of deep blues, Jiang Yajong is calling for a peace treaty with Beijing and has been trashing the KMT as having lost its way. By losing its way, he means, as he asked in the debate, is this the country that Sun Yat-sen wanted to build? He also accused Li Denghui and the DPP of leading Taiwan off the correct path. Overall, he came across as the most angry of the four and was the only one with a distinctly mainlander accent. He's a bit of a gadfly and has previously run for chair and in the KMT presidential primary and was resoundingly crushed in both. There is one thing that gives me pause in totally ruling him out as a factor in the race, however, which I'll get to in part four. So, on to Johnny Chiang. When registering to run, he paid in cash, which is even more low-tech than Jew's check, though in the debate he very obviously brandished his iPad when reading his notes. Interestingly, at his registration, he showed up with former Taichung mayor and foreign minister Jason Hu, or Hu Zhiqiang, and former lawmaker and Taichung black faction heavyweight Yen Quanhang. I was a bit surprised at Hu, a party heavyweight, throwing his weight behind Jiang, in spite of them both being Taichungers. Hu is generally considered creative, but still pretty deep blue. After all, he took a position with Want Want China Times and has been seen frequenting events in China. Yen, showing up, sent another message, unity between his black faction and Jiang's red faction. Now, it's been known for quite a while now that the two Taichung KMT patronage factions have been getting along. But Yen recently very visibly resigned from his party post with a weird placard saying, I just want to breathe. It was widely interpreted as a sign of no confidence in Johnny Jiang as chair, in spite of him swearing up and down that wasn't the case and he wanted to return to his district presumably to help out with the recall campaign against the guy who beat him out of his seat, Chen Bowei of the Taiwan State Building Party. By attending, he was underscoring he really wasn't sending a message of no confidence, and Johnny Chiang referred to him as his brother at the event in English. Now that was smart, as brother in Mandarin or Taiwanese can sound gangsterish, and the factions are associated with that sort of behavior. Indeed, Yen's father, the notorious Yen Qingbiao, has served several prison terms, including for spending millions of NT dollars of public funds at KTVs and for gun possession. Okay, I'll stop now with the tai local Taichung politics. Now, like Eric Chu, he showed up with a bunch of young people. Unlike Ju's uncomfortable-looking young props, they were more animated, and Chiang interacted them with a lot more and gave them much more opportunity to speak, which is a very different style than Eric Ju's traditional KMT leader approach. He's been a lot more specific than Ju also in how he would boost youth involvement in the party and pointed to, among other things, his efforts at visiting universities, recruiting young people, and passing a rule setting aside more party-list seats in the legislature for people under 40 to kickstart their careers. 
Interestingly, during the debate, he also accused older members in the party of talking down to younger ones. And in this, he may be speaking from personal experience. He also didn't shy away from pointing out that only about 3% of the party membership is under 40, in spite of his efforts, though that is up from closer to 2% when he took office. Not a lot to show for his efforts, but I suspect it's the first time in years it has had any growth at all. In foreign policy, he also tried to be all, all things to all people in the pan-blue camp, reiterating having a good relationship with the U.S., but also saying that he wants to have a party special envoy to China, which I knew immediately he was going to try and win over Mying Zhou's support. And sure enough, a few days later, name-checked him as a great person for this position. And more on this next show. Jiang also emphasized that Taiwanese are ethnically Han and have a lot of ties to China and all should come together and talk about building mutual trust. Like Zhu, he talked a lot about defending the ROC and loving Taiwan. He also reiterated his 1992 consensus based on the ROC constitution stance, which means um, basically the 1992 consensus, as far as I can tell, with the slightest of nods to public opinion. He knows that over 80% of KMT members support the 92 consensus. I told you I'd bring this back up. So in spite of trying to get it removed and failing, and having previously called it, quote, outdated, lacks flexibility, and is gradually losing, losing the support of Taiwanese, now he has backtracked and supports it. At least for now, he's pandering to votes or four votes within the party. So he's not going to drop it yet, and it's anyone's best guess if he'll try again. If he wins himself a full term this time, and especially if he wins it with a strong margin, then he'll be in a stronger position. He now sounds much less like the bold reformer he pitched himself as during the by-election that he won last year. This time around, he sounds like Mying Joe Light. All right, be sure to hit like and subscribe and all that good stuff. If you're on tu YouTube, be sure to, well, they've been saying a lot online recently, I've noticed on YouTube, you should smash this button. But that little bell, please hit it gently, because if you smash it, you're going to probably break your screen. And of course, if you can join Will in supporting us as a patron, we'd really appreciate it if you go to Taiwan, sorry, patreon.com slash Taiwan Report. Be sure to listen in next time because it's a continuation from this show. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw.